to Potadelphia, and uh, happy Labor Day, everybody. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by uh, two of the most entitled Philly fans out there. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Oh, uh, that one stings. Um, it's probably a little true. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zielak. You can find me on Twitter at producer gene and i'm only entitled because i'm being followed by kathy ireland are you being followed by kathy ireland yes wow. i mean not like not literally but like on twitter nice that, that's an achievement boy man just give her a little attention these days 12 year old me like you don't even understand 12 year old me is so happy <laughs> hey before we get into sean rodriguez can i share a personal story sure flight sport it's related so my my uh my son is playing fall baseball and uh you know how like when you sign a kid up for a sports league they say there's always that question at the bottom that's like do you want to coach check this box do you want to help an assistant coach check this box so i generally always check the i will help or be an assistant coach only because like you know, I work an hour away and my time is kind of uh, it's always up in the air whether I can make like the time commitments and stuff. Well, this league just said, hey, we didn't have enough head coaches. So um, everyone who volunteered for an assistant coach, you're paired up with another volunteer for an assistant coach. And you guys are the coaches. now. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats, yeah. coach. Are you at, I, are you at least coach of your own kid's team? Because there's nothing worse yeah, than having yeah. to coach some yeah. other kid's team while your kid's playing against you. I would just – I would ghost that. <laughs> that. So so here was my strategy, right? Like I was going to be the proactive guy and reach out to my co-coach first and say, hey, I got all these like restraints on my time, so I'm just going to defer to you. <laughs> Real quick, when coaching children, if you lead off with, I got all these restraints <laughs> – it's probably a pretty good way out of coaching. <laughs> so his counter was, yeah, this is my first time coaching, so I was just going to defer to you. So now I'm basically the head coach of this team. Well, I look forward to hearing about all the uh, wind sprints that you will be <laughs> adding to the uh, the baseball regiment. Can I can I give you a, just one piece of advice I've learned from watching Gabe Kapler? Uh, uh-huh. Just stay positive, no matter how terrible they are. Just talk about how uh, you know how things are going to turn around. At any point, we're going to you're going to go on a hot streak. I think that um, actually is a good uh, piece of advice for youth sports. Yes, for for eight, nine, ten year olds, it's it's yeah. not so great for professional athletes. We will be the most conditioned team on the field. <laughs> Uh, yeah, please, Dave, grow out the uh, stubble that uh, Gabe has, you know, broken out this season. You know that that douchebag perma stubble. You yeah. know, probably got the oils on it and everything. Keep um, it sure. Keep it soft. <laughs> the only thing you should use oil for in youth baseball is for like loosening the glove, though. Like that's. Hey, you know who else has douchebag stubble? Uh, Sean Rodriguez. And like this is like one of those things where I know I wasn't on the show last week, but this happened like five minutes after the show recorded. Yep, I feel like it was the next day. It was the next day. 
I don't know if the game was the next day or just made all the news the next day. I think it was the game of the night we were recording and then everything blew up the following day. Yeah. So we're we're definitely late to this, but I'm I'm happy we're late for it because of all the people on this show, Dave. I want to hear your opinion about it the most. Okay, well here's all right. So more I mean, than by my now, opinion. Everyone knows the story, right? What's that? I said so more than my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, and more than my own. <laughs> so by now everybody knows the story, right? Uh, Sean Rodriguez, much maligned, really terrible baseball player on the Phillies. He was like what one for twenty or something in the month of August. Uh, hits a walk-off home run to win a game. He finally gets a microphone in front of his face, uh, and he takes that opportunity to really bitch about Philly fans booing and maybe saying some uh, less than nice things. I don't know if I want to say, like, derogatory or whatever, um, but basically called the fans entitled. So my my question through all this, and I really still haven't gotten the answer, so maybe you guys can help me out with this, is what did he mean by entitled? Like, like we feel like we're entitled to have a winning baseball team like i don't know so help me out with entitled first i never got a clear definition of entitled i think he used it in the way some people mean like spoiled but and not like okay not the literal definition of entitled not the literal definition of a spoiled made just bratty like, that's kind of the gist I got was like, oh, they're, you know, if you don't kiss up to them, they boo you, which is not Philadelphia fans at all. But I got it as in, like, you know, entitled, not meaning that we're used to winning. So if we don't win, we boo. I think it just means that we were that were soft fans. That's what I took away from it. The, just really? going from the context, the way I took it was that we feel like we can say anything we want to anybody at any time. That's kind of how I understood just going by the other things he was saying in the, in the conversation. He feels like Philly fans be, be like when, you know, cause he kind of talked about how he's heard things from, from fans that he didn't think he would ever hear. Um, you know, from his own home fans. And he said, he, you know, he was talking about how other people in the locker room have also heard those sorts of things. So it, to me, it sounded like what Sean Rodriguez was complaining about is uh, when a guy like him who is doing nothing, like basically just taking up a roster space, um, hears about it and whatever, you know, way he was hearing about it, um, that he feels like fans shouldn't have the uh, shouldn't feel like they have can have an opinion about how the baseball team is run. We can either clap or we can sit on our hands quietly, but we certainly shouldn't express our opinion um, colorfully. Okay, well, I, I mean, like I feel like I'm entitled to have players on the team that you know are better than a zero WAR and batting two sixteen. So if he wants to call me entitled for that, I most certainly am entitled. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. To, I don't know what to make it. When you when we talk about you know is this guy a Philly guy? You know, like was was Manny Machado Philly or is Bryce Harper more Philly? Like who's more Philly? I think we can all pretty much say that Sean Rodriguez is not a Philly guy. No, not Doesn't at all. Bring a lunch pail. And, and you know what makes me entitled to boo? My ticket. I paid my price. I can go in there. And when the team is not performing, when when 
when Sean Rodriguez, you know, goes two for August or whatever the case may be, yeah, he, he should get booed. When he's playing ahead of other players that he shouldn't be playing ahead of, he should get booed. And, okay, if you want to say there's, you know, nasty stuff being said, like personal insults or, you know, God forbid, slurs, that's that's not the same thing. But he specifically cited booing. And But the, what if you have a diamond club ticket? Are you entitled to do it then? Yeah, yeah well, I think so. You just have to do it with a posh, like, like gotcha. a New Pinky England out. accent. Like, boo. Yeah, boo. <laughs> Here's the other thing, though. Uh, the thing that maybe made uh, drove me the most crazy about this whole well, thing. Well, Gene, was... Gene, what Chuck was talking about was like the the most famous boo heckle uh, that we had ever been witness to with each other. Oh yeah, the, when when the famous Kevin Millwood against the Marlins, where the uh, guy from the Super Box, literally the 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 actual named Super Box, so not just the the you know generic use of the term Super Box, the actual Super Box, slid open his door. <laughs> this is in the vet. Yeah. <laughs> leaned out of the of the of the the window of the super box and screamed if and i'm correct me if i'm wrong dave i believe he screamed i paid for this start playing i think that's a direct quote that's it exactly yeah Yeah. i paid for this start playing and that was back in the days of the vet where you could literally hear every person's heckle um you know famously the everybody hits guy who used to sit right underneath the broadcast uh, you know, that's how you get these things put on T-shirts. We should have had that on a T-shirt. I paid for this. Start playing. That that was a missed opportunity, honestly. Hey, it's, it's not, not too late. late. It, it definitely <laughs> applies to this season for sure. But the other thing that really drove me nuts about the Sean Rodriguez thing, and I think this came out a couple days later, and I am not the most savvy on social media despite my current track record, um, but he still had, I think, as his profile picture either on Facebook or on Twitter or something – it was in his bio, his yeah. Twitter bio. Like, was it was it saying that like he was still a Pittsburgh Pirate or him in a Pirate uniform or something that ridiculous? Uh, it was, like, it was, or like it was always like a Pirate? Yeah, it was Pittsburgh Pirate, and I think the Phillies uh, official Twitter account uh, retweeted it and said like, "This is awkward." <laughs> and I think he was in the Pirates uniform, and then he updated it to like street clothes. <laughs> So like I way mean, to commit there, buddy. Like what have we have we established that he's basically just a mole? Like he's just a stupid Yinzer <laughs> mole. Like that's that's the problem with this guy, right? It, he probably I, underneath I think his the uniform with wears like can't hit. Like yeah. does he wear like um, like Sidney Crosby underwear? Like is that is that like the whole the whole thing? Is that why he's having such bad luck? <laughs> it's just really to me. It's just really shitty that it's the one time that he did something worth putting a microphone in front of his face and that's the time he takes the opportunity to take the shot why why couldn't it's just like he he doesn't he's not reading the tea leaves he didn't read the tea leaves at all why couldn't he just not say anything like you don't have like and that's like isn't that a bull Durham thing like like you just this is would have been the perfect time i'm just trying to do whatever i can to help the team bang nobody would have ever talked about sean or he gets it just wouldn't it's hilarious that he gets booed every single every <laughs> single opportunity and then gets cheered when he got hit by a pitch. <laughs> he hit a double and they booed him. He brought it upon himself. I, and then 
I mean, of course, he walks back his comments later after, what, like two games of it. It's like, no, 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 my bad. I didn't mean that. There's no putting that back into the can. Like, that. No. once that's into the, like, you, bro, you're done. Like, I just, I hate to break it to you, but, like, there's no, like, you're going to have to hit, like, 400 for September and single-handedly get us into a playoff. Maybe then we'll ignore you. Like, otherwise, I think this guy's got to, Got to, like, get a ticket out of town. I hear Miami's nice this time of year. Hey, <laughs> speaking of Miami and speaking of booing, um, did you guys see Mike Scott's call to uh, Sixers fans on Twitter to boo Jimmy Butler when he comes back to Philly? I did. I was waiting for, for – it's almost like I was waiting for him to give me the cue as to how to treat Jimmy Butler because I feel like right now if there's anybody that's got, like, the pulse of, of – Philadelphia fans is it's Mike Scott. Like here's a guy who's maybe the definition of a lunch pail guy who uh, is getting like hive mind tattoos and, 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 and having all of that stuff uh, crowdsourced on Twitter. So I feel like if he's kind of saying, you know, this is going to be the way that I want Sixers fans to approach it. People are going to, they're going to get on board. But how do you feel about that? I mean, I, I, I really, I'm with you, man. Like I didn't really know how to, I'm still not really sure how to handle Jimmy Butler coming back I and mean, he didn't ask been, to come to philly yeah but to some degree like i feel like jimmy butler would have that jimmy butler doesn't want to come into a, a situation where he's he's going to be like the beloved other team guy like i don't know like it seems to me like he would get totally get it i don't think that he necessarily wants to be booed i don't know that anybody wants to be booed but i feel like jimmy butler in the end was only ever the biggest fan of jimmy butler like the, <laughs> the most important brand or the most important he he's one of those guys that plays for the name on the back not on the front as chuck likes to like to always point out you know that that's you know kind of the the mindset that we, we we've kind of been preached but i feel like he would totally understand you know unlike terrell owens who i feel like is a different they're kind of comparable if you think about it they both kind of had one year really great kind of runs here in philadelphia but in the end went other places now granted the heat is not quite the rivalry is going you know on to dallas but um to was not the kind of guy that was going to stomach being booed when he, when he came back into town but i feel like jimmy butler to a certain degree is going to under you know he's going to understand that like that's that's how it rolls like that's how it goes yeah i, I think jimmy butler would be happy to be the villain you know i I had no strong inclination to boo him. You know, this wasn't, you know, it's not like he went to the Celtics or something like that or the Lakers or whatever, but I had no strong inclination to boo him. But if Mike Scott wants to get the rally going and if you get other people chiming in, it's like, yeah, let's boo Jimmy Butler. Um, I'd be happy to do so. And I think, I think Jimmy Butler would play into it. I think he'd be like, all right, fine. You want to make me the villain? I'll be the villain all day. You know? So I was not predisposed to boo him, but I'd be happy to do so. You know, and yeah, I'm not and, booing Jimmy Butler. I, I, I don't. What about I don't Wayne really Simmons? Wait, uh, nah, I'm not booing Wayne Simmons either. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not. But Wayne Simmons put out a statement pretty much um, unprovoked going like, you know what? I'll be disappointed if Philadelphia fans don't boo me when I return. It, it's only would be because he's a devil, you know what I mean? But it's, he's one of those guys that it would be – there's going to be certain players that even if they were to move on to other places were not going to have engendered that sort of a reaction, you know what I mean? We don't 
Yeah, I think at most Simmer's going to get uh, sarcastic booing. Right. I think because of the comment, like when maybe he gets introduced uh, opening night against the Devils, it'll be boos that quickly erode into a cheer. We all understood the right. situation we were in with that Wayne Simmons. Sense. You know what I mean? We knew when we were sitting there in, in Lincoln Financial Field that that was probably the last game that Wayne Simmons was going to play in a Flyers uniform. We all kind of were were sitting there talking about, like, wouldn't it be great for him to go to Nashville, get on a play playoff run, get paired back up with Laviolette, uh, uh, Laviolette, and all that happened. It was kind of a fairy tale ending for all that. But then he was going to go into the free market, and at that point, it's, you know, who's whoever's going to pay him is, is where he's going to go. So I, I don't, we don't, I don't harbor any ill will in that situation. You know, a guy's going to get booed if you, if you, you decide, you know, to go and play for, if, if he had gone to play for uh, the devils and was like, I can't wait to screw the flyers. I, you know, I, I don't know, but that's not how yeah. Wayne Simmons would react. No. Yeah. There, there's no, there's no way he becomes a villain. The the worst thing he'll get is a smattering of booze just because he went to the Devils. But, you know, or or if he fights Giroux and Giroux is out for three months. <laughs> OK, like then 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 he'll get booed. Other than that. No, I think I don't think Wayne is is getting booed anytime soon. All right. Well, let's just keep on the, the weird Phillies news stuff. And let's talk about um, JT Romuto's eye roll. <laughs> which was my it. other favorite story from the week. Uh, so Jared Hughes does this weird thing where he sprints in from the bullpen, which is like one of those psychotic traits that some relievers have that they do. And while he's sprinting in, Gabe Kapler's chirping in, in everyone's ear, giving them uh, positive motivational uh quotes and jt's just had enough he just gives the <laughs> eye roll so I, I don't know what it was so he it was either the this ridiculous reliever running sp full sprint from the bullpen to the mound gabe kapler chirping in the ear or if you go by what jt Romuto says he's just frustrated they gave up the lead i think it's probably a combination of the three, but the frustrated they gave up the lead is going to be the least. <laughs> I mean, if you run in like the freaking ultimate warrior, <laughs> you know, you you better bring something, man. It's not going to be, oh, I can't wait to get, get to the mound and give up two runs this inning. Like, you, your stuff better be hot, man. You better, you better bring it if you're going to run to the mound that way. And Real Muto has been amazing this season. You know, he has been hot when the rest of the team has been cold. He's been hot when the rest of the team has been hot. As a defensive catcher, he's been amazing. And he's had to deal with such an awful pitching staff that that eye roll is classic. It replaces the Robert Downey Jr. eye roll gift for me. It's <laughs> he's already earned a spot in the Phillies Wall of Fame. Do you guys remember the the movie A League of, of A League of Their Own? Of course. So this whole situation kind of reminded me of like the early stages of how basically the catcher was running the team until <laughs> Tom Hanks's character finally dries out. You know what I mean? 
It, it feels like just that reaction kind of felt so classically Gina Davis. Like it's it's the exact reaction that she would have had to Tom Hanks. Uh, you know, it just it just felt like I, I could actually like hear like the you know I like the high ones. You know, like I, I don't know what it was, but the whole thing was. It was just so. That's what I thought of, like because there are very few things that I I feel like uh, sum up how a catcher should be than Dottie Hinton. Like that, I feel like every catcher in Major League Baseball should have to like memorize her all of her lines uh, to know how to how to how to you know be a catcher. It's that that to me was it was like she she was channeled through JT Romuto. Like catchers just have no chill. Like they they. They're as close to uh, the equivalent of like a quarterback that you have in baseball. Like they, they are calling the game. They're the, they're the ones that could call an audible per se. You know what I mean? That 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 was just what started to run immediately through my mind when I saw it that first time. That and I was like, yeah, JT's basically making the same face Chuck makes every time we bring in a new pitcher. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the first time I've been compared to Gina Davis in my life, and. You know, it, it's as big as honor as you can imagine. There's a great chance it's going to be the last time. So I... <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I when I think about who, who is my favorite Philly, um, if you're being, like, intellectually honest with yourself, you, you would have to say it's JT Real Muto this season. I mean, you could maybe want it to be Bryce Harper or Reese Hoskins, or Aaron Nola. But, I mean, if you're really being honest with yourself, it's JT Romito, right? Yes. I mean, Harper, it's easier to get excited about. He had a lot of goodwill built in because we knew he's here for eternity. But if it was one season and done, you know who's going to be a Philly for life? It's Romito. You know, he's going to have that legacy of, you know, this season here is cementing him in all of our memories. That eye roll was the Aaron Rowan into the wall. That is, he has just had an amazing season and has exceeded expectations. Harper's been great. Don't get me wrong. Harper's been great. Um, He's probably the person I get most excited for, but... You know, uh, JT has moved into Kimo Timonen uh, and Ian LaPierre. Um, you know, uh, Ian LaPierre, sorry. Um, in in my heart for, like, just a solid dude, work pale guy, and really good. So is the eye roll the he is, he is all of us moment? Yeah. I feel like that's, that's is that what it is. That's been us for like two years. Is like we we just we can all the narrative has been so similar since basically since Gabe Kapler took over since that very first game when he pulled Nola, um, and I think Real Muto kind of just like all of the other mythic figures in and Philly's lore. Like he kind of just in one singular moment was able to embody everything that we wanted to express, but, you know, even booing at 40,000 strong can't manage to kind of express across that, uh, that void that, that he is like, man, like we should not be here in this situation. We shouldn't have this many things 
keep happening over and over. It's like Groundhog Day, the way watching a Phillies game. You're, they lose one of three ways, basically. Either they score no runs and the other team scores one and they lose. Um, they score a whole bunch of runs, but the pitching staff gives up twice as many. Or they have a complete meltdown in the very last inning, like and lose a, a close game. Like they, I know that's probably how all baseball teams lose games. I realize that as I'm saying these things, but it just really feels like the Phillies. You can kind of tell just by whether it's going to be an A game, a B game, or a C game. Like it's it's going to be one of those things, three three things. Things. It's 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 really frustrating, which is why when JT is looking in that into the camera, we're all like, yeah, man, like that's us. We, we <laughs> that's what we said. Like, we can't say it, but you did. Yeah, For me, his play was enough to endear him to the fans, you know, to really make this season a lasting memory. And this was, like, the cherry on top. This was Chase Utley being caught on a live mic going, boo, fuck you. You know, boo me, fuck you, or wherever the line was from the All-Star game. You know, that... That just took Chase to another level because we had seen so little of his personality just to see that raw moment in New York, you know, just telling the fans off on a live mic. And, you know, to see JT Realmuto not be able to help himself, like going, you know, this dude is doing everything he can for the team. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, not again. Like, <laughs> but that and that's exactly it. It's like, oh my God, he's got the personality that we wanted him to have. It was the same thing with Chase Utley. It's like, oh my God, that's what I would have him say if I was writing the script. Like that's that's the line I would write. <laughs> but you yeah, know, like it, it's a different. There's a play. There is a player out there that if they did that, we would be mad at them for doing it. Right. Yeah, yeah Sean Rodriguez. <laughs> Well, I was right, thinking, or whoever. Like, yeah, I was thinking I, the the other catcher on the team, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Uh, perfect. That's basically sums it up right there. Um, I have a I have a quote uh from Matt Clentak. Hang on, let me access accessing quote. Hold on. Okay, so. <laughs> Clentac says uh, in an article today, um, it's going to take a really impressive September run for us to overcome the Cubs and or Washington. Um, And we know that Clentac said, what I like about this year's team is that it's a team that's built to compete this year, but it's also a team that's built to compete in future years. (laughs) So, uh, wow. How our expectations have evolved from uh february to today so i think it was you know world series or bust basically the first week of the season and then it wasn't long before we were basically saying like well we're in a great position to get one of those wild cards and now you got your gm saying well there's always next year yeah which i can't imagine i'm looking at right now as of this recording we're two and a half games out from the cubs we're not catching washington Right. Oh, yeah. Not going to happen. But and I I don't think we're catching the Cubs either. But two and a half games out and you're the GM. You shouldn't be talking about next year. You should go. We are one good week away from, you know, being in the second wild card position with, you know, with games in hand. You know, it's 
I don't think it's going to happen because there's nothing that this team has showed me that they can have a, a sustained winning streak. But realistically, on paper, we're not far out. And I want the GM to tell us, hey, it's going to happen. Like Utley, not Utley, Jesus Christ, uh, Harper did on Instagram the other right. day, you know, that it's they should all be thinking it's possible. Well, you, you, I hear you. I hear you. And I, I don't want to um, give give too much away from my penalty box. But, d- d- Chuck, when you're looking at those standings, do you have a uh, run differential up there on that column? Um, perhaps. I so here, so here's what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to go through it. So Washington Nationals lead the na- uh, National League wild card race. They are a plus 119 run differential. The Cubs hold the second wild card uh, spot. They are a plus seventy four in run differential. The Phillies are third. We are a minus eight Ooh. in run differential, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are fourth, and they are plus seventy five. So that is why, you know, when we talk about like where your confidence is with this team, yeah, we're two and a half games out. But I mean. We watch the team every day. You know if they're going to put a charge into this thing or not. The right? Thing, the thing that's amazing to me is how difficult it is for them to get above six games over 500. Their record is something like 0-12 or something in games where they could get to plus 7. Well, because the other team scores more than you on a pretty regular basis. So they've been basically just treading water since whenever they got to plus six. And you can't beat the goddamn Marlins. Uh, we can't beat the bad teams. We can't beat the bad teams. And you can't beat the worst team. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually beat the bad teams. Like the Pirates, the Reds. Uh, you know, you can beat the bad. It's the worst team that you have a ton of problems with. Yeah. Yeah, when and, you have a seven nothing lead, and and yeah. and not playing as well as they needed to play against the Mets this week was was not ideal. No, and it, in in both games we lost to the Mets. It's it was so goddamn frustrating. It, the pitchers suck. The yeah. starting pitchers fucking suck on this team, and the bullpen you got no chance. Like I I mean yes, the starting pitchers we have won. And then the bullpen we have, like, I don't know if you cobble them together. Maybe we have two. But but we don't have much of a bullpen. We got, who do you feel good with besides Nola and, I don't know, depending on the week, maybe Neris? Alvarez? Alvarez yeah. doesn't look too bad. Here's yeah, my, I, mean, here's I would think if there's what if I had to pick one, if, 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 the Phillies, if I had the Phillies bullpen in a keeper league, uh, I'd yeah, probably drop you? everybody. <laughs> Can, can, does King recount? I reach here's, here's the question. We let's say that the playoffs, you know, are gonna about to start. The Phillies somehow miraculously get in. Game one, you're gonna throw Nola. Who's throwing game two? Like which Vargas. Pin- <laughs> yeah. Would you think I, that a guy that like we literally had to like wander in out of the of a bus station? No, actually we got him in a trade, right? Smiley yeah, was the one I Smiley think. Smiley watered in from Smiley the bus station. Smiley was was a, was in a bus station. Okay, so at least since Vargas was a form was the Mets didn't want to deal with him anymore. 
But, but that's the thing is we acquired basically two guys that are Jamie Moyer if Jamie Moyer threw slower. Like, I, it's a, it boggles <laughs> the mind. We got a dry Jamie Moyer and a greasy Jamie Moyer. <laughs> yeah, it, it just <laughs> – it, it boggles the imagination that they, that was the strategy was like, let's get as soft tossing a guys as we can possibly get. You know, there's no it feels like there's no upside for either one of those guys. It feels like that we, we haven't grown anything by acquiring either. Goes, I feel like we've got nothing other than Aaron Nola going into. Next well, I think season. Klintak was just like, hey, can I get a dude in here that's got an under five ERA? Can a brother get an under five ERA? Is basically Clint what Clintac was trying to do. Like, just keep us in a game. Like, can I get five innings, please? For the love of God, Var of the uh, Vinny Velasquez, can I get five goddamn innings from a that, starter? That fifth inning is really hard for him. <laughs> he he really doesn't like. They should, you know, he just is not built for the fifth inning. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, when they see him that third time, it's 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 go time. It's like we got you now. Nigga locked in. Combo of him getting tired. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, God, he's Eflin. Because I'm telling you, this Gabe. It feels to me like Gabe Catler would Kapler might would in a in a in a playoff series if we haven't already lost the series would throw Velasquez third in that series. Pavetta, <laughs> I cough. Oh my God, I hate all of them. All right. I was actually in a good mood when we started this conversation. It's the way every Phillies conversation ends. I know. I know. It feels like a a very repetitive thing. Hey, uh, Bryce Harper had a baby. Boo. Crew. Yeah. Crew with a K. Well, you wouldn't want to spell it with a C. That would just be silly. (laughs) Do we get any explanation as to is that a family name? Somebody was telling me this is a popular West Coast there or like Western name or something like this is like a trendy. I don't know. When you were in Arizona, did you meet any crews? <laughs> no, no, no. So I don't know. Maybe it's like um, I didn't know if he had like a great grandpa crew or something. I don't know. I don't know much about it, but you see it's on the bat handle now on the bat knob. Yeah. Yeah, and that's nice. Sure. And Crew has an odd middle name as well, correct? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. What is it? I, I couldn't remember. That's why I was asking you. I assumed that you had it memorized. Nope. Well, I want to look it up. Right up? Now. Yeah, looking up right now. <laughs> Since you brought it up, yes. yeah, we should probably mention what it is. A Crew Aaron Harper, A-R-O-N. Named after uh, famous Phillies center fielder uh, Aaron Rowan. Is that Wait, how he's one spelled? A though? Right? Yeah, just one A. Oh, so it's uh... not A Aaron. <laughs> yeah, it's not A A Ron. You done messed up. <laughs> All right, that's good. You know what? You don't really, you know, uh, is dumb. These dudes on Twitter that are like three hundred thirty million. You shouldn't be taking paternity leave. Yeah, if you can't take paternity leave with three hundred thirty million. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to do, cut me? <laughs> All right, sure. Well, <laughs> and honestly, credit to Mrs. Harper. I mean, like, she could not have timed that any better if she had any say in it because, um, you know, they were playing the Marlins. And and then they were coming right back. So, like, you would think if, if, if you had told me, 
in June, like pick a series in August that he's going to miss, I would have been like, well, that seems about right. Yeah, let's have him miss that one. Then he'll be our right kryptonite, back. Our kryptonite, the Marlins. <sighs> All right. So, Chuck, you said we're two and a half out of the wild card. What's your, what's your confidence level with the Phillies? Uh, what's my confidence level? On a scale of one to ten, I'd say uh, how many more starts does Nola get? Not enough. I'm gonna say three, three and a half. Yeah, like it, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened, but I'd definitely be surprised. And I would fully expect that the Cubs had to have injuries or fall apart. I just don't see this team rallying. So, so you're like at junior level confidence. You're not at a shorty or a classic. No. You're at a <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yeah, I'd say uh, at the junior level, I feel like it's going to be filling enough, and then I go, why didn't I just get a, a shorty? But, right. yeah, junior, junior level, certainly. Is right. that is that the one that comes with the soup when you when you do the $6 combo? Because I yeah. feel like that's, that's the best thing that Wawa's got going right now. A, I didn't know about this. Yeah, no, it's great. The soup sandwich combo yeah, at, at the Wawa? And no. then you get a dollar drink, seven bucks all in, you're good. Fucking hey. Yeah. All right, man. Well, then my day certainly improved. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's been hot. I don't know if you want soup. Well, it's it's after Labor Day, man. Uh, well, now it is. Yeah. Well, sign me up for soup. <laughs> Cheddar broccoli. Gene, what's the, what's the best soup at Wawa? Cheddar broccoli? No, 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 no. It's the uh, It's the corn chowder. It's the really? it's the I'm, red pepper corn chowder. I'm always afraid of that one. Oh no, that's that's the way to go. Get in there, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's good. All right, what's your confidence level with the Phillies? Um, enough I'm, to keep watching. I, I'm gonna keep watching, but it's it's the same as it was, you know, when I was in high school and and they were already out in 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 the in July. Like I have no expectation for this to end other than in game 162. Like. I do not think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. Tough I, schedule too remaining. Yeah, yeah. and they're just it, it just uh, they would basically, in my opinion, they basically have to win almost every game. They, they I, I, I think in order to make the playoffs, they've got four losses left. They would, and and they might give those up by the end of next week. So, uh, I just I just don't see it happening. My confidence would be a zero point zero. It's it's not going to happen. I'm not going to stop watching because I like baseball. So I'm going to keep watching, but I'm already like ready to to start making my picks for the other National League teams for who's going to come out. It's it, they're not they're not there. They're not happening. Well, there is no there is no good pennant race right now except the Cubs. Cubs Cardinals is the only one that's even close. And whoever wins that, I feel like is going to have the other. Whoever loses that is going to be yeah, it's anyway. going to be the wild. I mean, I, I would really, I would really, really love the Phillies to get this thing down to one game. For the last week of this of the season, yeah, just to get some intrigue into that. But I and, and don't we close with the Marlins? And wouldn't that <laughs> really really suck? <laughs> what's uh, with our call? I mean, I don't want to like dive back into the Phillies, but what's with the September call-ups? There's like nothing exciting there. There's no guy that you're like, oh, I'm excited to see this call-up. Well, because you would think if they had anything worth calling up that was like sitting there that we've been we would have been clamoring for them for for weeks now. Fucking Cole Irvin is back with. I'm, oh, let's talk about the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dave's confidence level. He would rather have the clam chowder from Wawa <laughs> than to root on the Phillies. 
I'll take a bath in that clam chowder and then, then talk more about the Phillies tonight. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where do we want to talk? All right, let's talk about the, the Eagles. All right, I, I'm super. The, I feel like this is this this is the season. I really do. This is the season. I feel like I waited my whole life for this Eagles season, even though I know we won the Super Bowl before. This is the year that we're supposed to win the Super Bowl. I feel it. I feel it in my bones. You feel better than you did two years ago. Yes. Okay. I didn't believe we were going to win the Super Bowl two years ago until Tom Brady got strip sacked. That that was when I was confident. <laughs> Up until that point, it could have gone away at any moment. It could have all evaporated. When I Dude. think about the Eagles this year, my bone marrow vibrates. <laughs> that is awesome. See your doctor, though, but that is awesome. <laughs> uh, for me, two years ago, I wasn't this confident before the season. I was excited. I thought, hey, man, let's win the division you know, let's let's see what we can do. Well, why would you have been? I mean, we were coming off like a last place finish, weren't we? Weren't we last in the division the year before we won the Super Bowl? Were we? we were, I don't know if we were last, but I'll tell you what. When, we weren't in the playoffs. When we were all sitting in my living room and we were up 31-7 on the Vikings, uh, I was flexing nuts. <laughs> I, I knew that. I, I, I said, just fucking do it now. Just win the whole goddamn thing. Yeah, this is as, as as excited and as confident about the Eagles as I've been since that day. Well, and that is that is confident. And I'm cautiously confident, if that can be a thing. Of last season I felt like, oh, you know what? You know, Wentz will come back and he'll get to continue that MVP season he had from two years ago. Because two years ago, it was about game four of the season. I'm like, shit, man, this Eagles team is really good. I, and I thought, you know, am I getting too optimistic? And right up until Wentz was hurt, I was like, I think we're going to do it this year. And then, you know, when Wentz got hurt and... You know, Nick Foles came in up until the playoffs. I was pretty pessimistic, and the playoffs happened. I thought it was magic. Right now, I've already have us penciled in winning the division. Like, I'm not worried about that at all. And I, I would imagine we're getting to the NFC Championship game, and then after that, who knows? One of the reasons I, I feel like I'm so excited for this year is I feel like the Eagles have one of the few locker rooms where you feel like culture truly is kind of dictating how the the fortunes of the team are going right now. Uh, And in the NFL, there are so many other places where the culture of the locker room has dismantled uh, teams' chances. Think about how good Pittsburgh had been. You know, it was like, you know, how many t- years were you like, well, it's going to be, you know, the the, pit- the Steelers are a lock for the AFC Championship game. I don't know that last year you they, they had any any confidence in, in them. And, and, and this year there's a lot of question marks. They've sent their two best players over the last five years are, are, are both gone. Um, you're looking at a place like uh, even like the Rams, who were just in the Super Bowl. And uh, they've got a running back controversy because they don't know, you know, if their their near MVP running back is going to be able to, to to shoulder the kind of uh, the kind of load that a, a, a number one running back is going to supposed to do. He's the highest paid in the running back 
position. And then there's two other teams that are being completely subverted by player holdouts. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are in shambles because their best player uh, doesn't want to doesn't want to come in, and uh, and the Chargers are, are trying to to figure out what they're going to do with Melvin Gordon. Th- these are teams that are not being that the culture of what's happening is is, is completely s- submarining their chances to succeed. Whereas whenever you hear any big player talk about moving, like uh, like J- Jadavian Clowney most recently, on the short list of where they want to play. I think the word is out that like getting to Philadelphia is going to be a good time. You want to play for this coach, you want to play in this locker room, and you want to play for these fans because that that is right now. It's almost like we are the pinnacle of of a fun time in the NFL because yeah, you'll win in New, in New England, but even Gronk. I don't know if you heard the interview last night that Gronk was giving on HBO, but he was talking about how. In the NFL, you know, I think that there's a lot of egos with the star players, but you cannot have an ego and play for Bill Belichick. You are treated as just another cog in the machine. I think even Tom Brady, to a certain degree, is probably treated as just another cog in the machine. There is there is no room for any kind of personality in that locker room. It is it is a it is a factory, and I think that players in the NFL they both want to win, but they also want to enjoy what it means to be an NFL player. And I feel like Philadelphia is the place where you can, you can do both. Well, Hey, you know, what? Let, let's just jump right into it. What are your, what are your predictions for the Eagles this season? Um, I'm keeping mine, like I said, conservative. I'm, I, I'm predicting what I think the, almost like the worst case scenario is. Unfortunately, I'm also predicting as the best case scenario. I think we win the division. I have no question about that. I'd say uh, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, something like that. I think we go to the NFC championship game. And then for some reason, I just, I don't think we, we win it. I, if I had to pick somebody, which I guess I do, um, I'd probably pick the Saints going in. I don't know, just, you know, a final Drew Brees hurrah, but. I think it's going to be a fun ride. I can't wait to see uh, Deshaun Jackson as a like secondary weapon, as not like the number one guy. But uh, I'm excited. But I'd say losing the NFC Championship game. Gene, what do you got? I've got him at twelve and four, and uh, they beat Andy Reid in the Super Bowl, continuing his streak of not winning the Super Bowl. Like that's just how I see everything playing out. And I feel like that would be somewhat also poetic for all of us. Yeah, I mean, I very similar uh, expectations from me. I'm going 13-3, and three, just a total juggernaut. The path to the Super Bowl goes through Philadelphia. We The Saints have to come here this year. Uh, we beat them in the NFC Championship game. And, yeah, I would love to either see the Chiefs or the Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl again, because those would be the two probably most delicious Super yeah. Bowl victories uh, imaginable. Uh, I'm trying to think what would even come close to that, and there's probably really nothing. Pittsburgh. No other. The only other one AFC I want is, contender that the, would even, the only other one I want is Pittsburgh. That's the other one I want. Yeah, they they ain't going to no Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> I, I I honestly think the other contender out of the AFC might be Baltimore out of that division. Honestly. Yeah, or I mean, like if the uh, Browns have some sort of like magical 
experience and just to crush that in the Super Bowl when really the entire <laughs> country would be rooting for the Browns um, would be kind of fun too. But don't you get the vibe that like the Browns have a little bit of that like Vince Young dream team kind of vibe going on? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. Don't don't, don't get it twisted. If I had to take the over or the under, I would take the under on on Browns wins this year only because I think everyone's so like. I feel like the Browns are going to be like eight and eight, and they're going to lose a lot of games, like high scoring games. But... Yeah, I'm just thinking like what would be a fun Super Bowl for oh, yeah. us, you know? Oh, it, it's it's Pats or Car- oh, or um, Chiefs. Pats or Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs would be something different. Uh, it'd just be fun to beat the Pats. Like, you know, as boring as it would be for the rest of the, the country to have the Patriots back in the Super Bowl, you know, a rematch from two years before. But give me that again. You know, I'd love to see Eagles versus Patriots this time. Carson, Carson Wentz wins. It's so crazy, the opinion of Andy Reid as an Eagles fan over the last... Well, I mean, what is it? Two decades now yeah. of our Andy Reed relationship. Yeah. Like in the beginning, it was like big balls Reed. You know, we're going to open up a game with an onside kick. We love Andy Reed. Andy Reed's great. Uh, and then it turned into like, I'm sick of Andy Reed. I hate Andy Reed. He doesn't the, know how to use his timeouts. Yeah. The time is yours. I got to do a better job. Like all that stuff. It's like, I can't say anymore. Fire Andy Reed. I hate Andy Reed. So then Andy Reid leaves, and then you're kind of like you're you're you're. It's it's like weird. It's like you don't want him to have any success, right? So you're like, ah, I'm 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 okay with Andy Reid being on another team, but I just don't want them to win the Super Bowl because I can't handle that. But then we win the Super Bowl, and we're like, oh. Then the very next year, it's like I wouldn't mind Andy Reid winning a Super Bowl now <laughs> because. We got ours, so go ahead, Andy Reid. But then he turns into this, like, total creep who, like, defends dudes who, like, break three-year-olds' arms and, like, punch women and have, like, secret parties where women need to leave their cell phones in a basket at the at the limo. Like, like who are you, Andy Reid? Like, my God, now I'm back to hating you again. Which is why I would like to beat him Did in I just the Super Bowl. encapsulate, like, a, you, an I think Eagles fan relationship with Andy Reid over the last 20 years? You gave us the, the cliff notes of how we've all felt about Andy Reid over the last 20 years. Well, more than that, you took me on an emotional journey that I was on exactly with you. I'm like, yep. <laughs> like, uh... Like, I remember when I felt that way about Andy Reid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when he brought in Michael Vick, you're like, well, no, you know, he has troubles in his own family. He wants to give somebody another chance. Okay. And then it's like, oh, maybe not. Maybe Andy Reid doesn't care about what people do. He just wants to win football games, you know? I also enjoy he had one year. He had one year of goodwill from Eagles fans. It was 2018. <laughs> <laughs> you had your chance, Andy Reid. Like, okay, Andy. Like, go, Andy Reid. You can do it. And then it's like, you know what? You're a creep. I was happy he had a job. I was happy he had a job, you know, in KC, you know, I, I, that's all I wanted for him. But you are hundred percent right. I did not want him to win the Super Bowl, not in Philadelphia, because I would never hear the end of it. It would just be like, oh, this man he coached the Eagles for fourteen years and they ran him out of town, <laughs> and oh god, it would drive me nuts. And then we won. It's like, yeah, sure, get, go get yours. We have one. It's fun. Everyone should do it. And now it's like, oh, screw you, you bastard. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, all right. So the Eagles, uh, Eagles play on Sunday. We get Can't real football it. on Thursday. 
and the Eagles play football on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, how happy are you? Fall is here. I, I'm thrilled. I'm I'm ready for the Phillies to be an afterthought. I'm ready for early yeah, they might football. make the playoffs, Chuck. Well, no, but then then they become to the forefront. I'm just saying of living and dying with the Phils has been no fun of late. Yeah. I, I want something else to to take my attention. Preseason is not it. And now it's gonna be actual honest to goodness football games. You know, it all there's a there's a shit ton of football talk year round. And for most of the months of the year, it pisses me off. I'm like, we have nothing to talk about, but it's constantly 24-7 football. You know what's going to happen on Thursday? We're going to have shit to talk about. It's going to mean things. It's going to be actual football. So I'm I'm really excited. I, I mentioned before, I really just want to see. I just want to see one, you know, Wentz to Deshaun Jackson bomb for a touchdown. I don't care if it's the only time he touches the ball all game. Just one, you know, hey, let's go for 60 yards and a TD. So, like, I don't know if, if you had the same reaction, but when that uh, word came out that he had a busted finger, like, I was like, God damn it. We just got him back. Who broke his finger at practice? I want their head. But I, th- I don't. I think it was like the, the, the ball machine. I don't think it was a person. <laughs> it's fine. You're just going to tape it. I mean, it, it's tape not it, great, it, but get a few shots it's fine as long as it's not his ankles because like if we got to get on the ball and end arounds or something like as long as we get that dude the the ball in his hands a couple times a game like that's that's just got to be a thing that happens yeah it's gonna be fine uh but i mean i do have concerns going into this game that uh, i don't feel really good about the eagles but like this week i'm not feeling so great only because there's like a, still a lot of question marks with like a, around a lot of key players that are they even going to be playing on Sunday? Do we have? Do we don't know who's going to be out yet for sure. They did. I mean, we know the for sure guys like Jalen Mills and stuff like that won't be. I think. I think Howie kind of came out and said basically like Brandon Brooks, Fletcher Cox, all those guys that had had been, you know, kind of the question marks. They're all expected to play. That's what oh, I, they are. Yeah, I think that that's what I heard. I mean, obviously the guys that we know are out like. Jalen Mills and uh, yeah. there's somebody else. I'm, I'm one of the other guys in the secondary that's not going to be ready for week one. Um, but as far as like everybody else, like as it sounds like everybody's full speed ahead and it, it's basically they were in, in bubble wrap and they weren't going to risk them in a preseason or really much at camp. Right. And all these guys not playing at all in the preseason, you know, can they just jump right in and play a game? And that's the question. And that, that's what makes this week's betting line on this game so tough for me. I mean, I would love to just push all the chips in with you. And if these guys played in the preseason and they were all still healthy and ready to go, you know, I'd push all the chips in on, on the birds this week. Now, do have the Redskins been kind of cautiously playing their starters? I honestly haven't been following. It seems like it had been the trend around the NFL to really back off your your first team guys in terms of snaps in the in the preseason i i can't think of any teams that were you know watching highlights of that third preseason game you would watch you'd watch highlights and it would be you know tom brady would have almost a near you know 
game-like statistics, over 100 yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, I didn't see any quarterbacks that I had heard of that had put up those kind of stats, especially after Cam Newton got hurt. Basically, it seemed like across the league, 32 guys all went into deep freeze and weren't taking snaps the next week. I, I mean, I, I have full disclosure, I have not watched any Redskins preseason football. Uh, I also have not watched much Eagles preseason football because it's been painful to watch. Um, but, you know, I have watched some Eagles, but definitely not any Redskins. I don't know if they played Case Keenum. Uh, they probably did only because it's a whatever situation because they probably ultimately really want Dwayne Haskins in there uh, at some point this season. It may, it could be one of those, like, I'm just looking for an excuse for him to start kind of thing. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think when you take a first round quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. The somebody keep the seat warm, you know, when we can quote unquote write off the season or need to change momentum, then you bring in your first round pick. Right. And we could see that right. happen in two different places in the division. Gene's all about riding Eli out of town, man. <laughs> Keep Eli. We love Eli. Yeah. Eli must stay. My um, second all favorite right. Manning. So do do we want to move on to uh, pick, pick, Pickadelphia? We do. I am kind of jazzed about it, so let's make it happen. All right. Does anyone remember how we did this? Does, do we go around each doing one pick? Or I can't remember the format from last year. I don't remember it either, so let's uh, – do you want to make a new format? Sure. How about we each do one pick and then we end with the Eagles? Oh, okay. We can do it that way. All right. Well, then I'll start. I'm um, picking the Pats over the Steelers, giving up six. Pats over the Steelers, giving up six. Okay. Wait, is that is that in New England? I think so, but let me double check. But I think so. Okay. But even if it any... weren't, I'd be comfortable with it. Is that just because, like, no Antonio Brown, no uh, Le'Veon Bell? Just Yeah, and also, the first season, the first week of the year in football with no preseason anymore is kind of a odd thing. But, I mean, the Pats are a well-oiled machine. You know, they can... <laughs> They could come into the game in the second quarter and probably look like they haven't missed a beat. See, so the weird I, thing is, is that historically, I think the Patriots struggle early in the season. Yeah, and then they really cruise like once you get past Halloween because they don't do any of this preseason nonsense. So I don't know. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that game is in New England, um, so they 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 are giving up the six. All right, sounds good. All right, apparently uh, it doesn't. Real quick, just based on that reaction, but uh, don't let me talk you out of it. Well, you can't. I've already made the pick. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'll go next. I'm going to take the uh, the Chiefs in Jacksonville, giving four. I just feel like the the Chiefs are you know one of those teams that's you know picked to win the division to contend for a Super Bowl, and I you know I, I you know I am not a member of the Folsian Society. I think we're going to see a very mortal Nick Foles. Um, and I just like the Chiefs to just basically steamroll Jacksonville into submission with no home home field support. I debated picking that game, and I was like, oh, it's it's felt like a slam dunk. And then Nick Foles just kept creeping back in my brain, and I'm like, ah, you got Foles. Like, I got Foles. You got Foles. <laughs> 
Gene, what's your first pick of the week? So I think uh, I like the Rams in Carolina against Carolina. Uh, right now, it's I think the Rams are only getting th- or only giving three. I guess. Um, I guess it's because it's on the road, so it's probably more like a touchdown line. Um, but you're going to be playing at best, you know, an eighty percent Cam Newton, and I feel like if you the Carolina's going to need every ounce of Cam Newton to win most games this year. Um, so him coming off of this injury, uh, coming in maybe cautiously, I feel like the Rams should win this game, and I, I feel like they should win it by m- more than four points. So uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Rams. All right, Chuck, back to you. Back to me. Um, I love betting against teams I don't trust, and one of those teams is uh, the New York Jets. I'm taking the Bills plus three over the Jets. <laughs> In a, a real battle of the Titans there, but um, no, I don't. I don't expect the Jets to make a a big turnaround this year. So, Bills plus three, I'll take it all day. Really? Huh. I'm I'm disagreeing with your picks. <laughs> well, I'm not good at this. If you look at the track record <laughs> from last year, <laughs> I'm expecting the Jets to take a step forward this year with their with you know Bell and everything coming in. I'm sure they can take a step forward, but I mean, okay. All right. Look, I'm not good at this either. So, you know, we're all, if I, if I was, I'd have a lot more money than I have. All right. All right well, then who are you picking? Gene, I'm going to go, I'm going to go against one of your darlings this year. I take the Arizona Cardinals getting two and a half at home against the Detroit lions. I'm ready to see some Kyler Murray magic. Wow. Run around all over the place, win a tight one. I don't know, I'm excited. That, I'm excited to watch that game. That would be reason. that would be quite an upset. That would be quite an upset. What, why? The, the the lines suck, man. Yeah, but be, the I know you think they're good this year for some reason, but they suck. The, <laughs> but I I mean I think Arizona. I'm feeling very be, adversarial in this in this Philadelphia week. I just think yeah, Arizona's going to be historically <laughs> bad. That's the main thing. <laughs> The intro to next week's show, it's going to be, I'm Dave Diorio. I'm joined by two guys who I do not respect their opinion about football. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Listen, next, uh, hopefully next week is on Dave Diorio and I was right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it could very easily go the go the other way. I'm just, uh, I don't know, voice my opinion. So, All Gene, right. who you got for your... Uh, for your uh, last non-Eagles Pickadelphia pick here. I'm surprised neither one of you guys jumped on this game because it was the one that I felt like jumped off the page at me. I'm taking the Chargers at home against the Colts. Um, the Colts lost Andrew Luck with, you know, two weeks ago into the to the season. I, I don't know how any team, even if it's coached by Frank Reich, can uh, can come out of the gate hot when uh, you've, you've dropped off from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I just feel like they, especially starting on the road on the in the West Coast, a dome team going outdoors, it just does not bode well. All of the all of the signs do not bode well for uh, for Indy. So uh, I'll take the Chargers and covering their uh, covering the seven. Uh oh. So so I'm, I'm assuming that line was adjusted. I think so. I I, I think after, uh, I feel like it was closer. Yeah, I feel like it was closer. I feel like the the Chargers were favored, uh, maybe like a point and a half or or two and a half or something. But uh, it definitely jumped once he retired. 
Hey, real quick, oh, what are you setting the over-under at for Andrew Luck coming back to the league? Like how many um, two years? What I'm setting the over-under at? I'm setting it 15 years. I don't think he's coming back. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I think he's done. Oh, I think I think he's coming back. I think I think I think two years is prior. I think he sets out this whole season, and then uh, certainly in the preseason, especially if the Colts really, you know, if they if they're like a four win team or something, I think you really start to hear in the post uh, in the off season next year the the speculation ramp up. Hey, look, I don't know much about Andrew Luck's personal life, but like you know, you get a divorce, you know, you, you got to sell the house. Eventually, you know, the, that money goes away, and you go, yeah, oh, so we just go back into the league here for a couple more years. Wait, I, I, is I really, he getting divorced? I, I don't, no, 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 no. He's definitely. I don't. Is he married? I don't even know if he's married. He is no married. Idea. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so I had Dave like thinking, like going, like, yeah, he's going to get divorced, sells the house. You know, new wife has never seen him play in the NFL, and like, you know, she's got expensive taste. I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> This is very like, specific. That throat beer doesn't pay for itself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's more to do with if he takes a full year off with not practicing and trying to force himself back in the league and actually starts to feel better again, that you might see somebody that if you had the competitive, the competitive edge to get you all the way to the NFL, that kind of thing doesn't die off. So I think once he actually feels physically better, um, you might see his, his mindset shift. He might start to miss it. He's 29 years old. You know what I mean? Like, that's awful young to just be retired. All right. And uh, your Philadelphia Eagles are giving nine. Uh, did that go back up to nine? I thought it was eight and a half for a while there. But I, giving... I, I came into this tonight thinking it was eight and a half. So if it's up to nine, that's that's news it, to me. It was nine this morning. And, like... and at Bovada right now, it's nine. So All I, didn't right. even, I didn't even look at our line in that list. Are you taking the Eagles laying nine? Taking it all day. The Eagles could be laying 14, and I would take it. I'm the least confident in the Eagles here, but for some reason I just think they're going to kick Washington's ass. Yeah? Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> this this has got like the markers of like – it feels like every time there's going to be a big – a big uh, sea change for the Eagles. Like we get a we get a big game to open the season against a division opponent. We had the To bomb when, uh, the year uh, that we went to the Super Bowl. There we had um, we had that game uh, against Dallas where Deuce ran for 200 yards. I believe that was an opening game. Um, so I feel like this is going to be another one of those uh, start the season off right with a with a with a route and and you know this this game's going to be over by halftime in my opinion. Uh, I took Washington getting nine. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm just so, I'm just so unsure since I haven't seen anything in the preseason, uh, from really any of our starters. So I just don't know. Um, nine's a big number. It is a big number, but I think it's the same across the league. I, I don't, I, I think with the preseason being so meaningless, week one is just such a crapshoot. I'm going to take the pure talent over over it you know oh yeah no no most, I, don't get me wrong the eagles are definitely winning this game um well they win it by 10 is the question do you think that it's going to be a high scoring game or a low scoring game dave uh i don't know <laughs> i think it'll be lower than we think I think it's like a, a low twenties uh, for the winner and the you know mid teens for the loser. 
Okay, so you don't uh, see. I I kind of think that the Eagles are going to come out and like it's going to be like a track meet in the first half. That's just how how, how I just see this. this but how many times out. have you thought that was going to be the case? And it's penalty, penalty, penalty. These guys, you know, and like the first, you're three and out in the first possession, and then it's it starts to you know it'll pick up in the second half, but it's just like a clunker in the first. I, I don't know. Well, I just have a weird feeling about it is very hard to predict. Well, I honestly, actually, the one thing you can probably predict is there's going to be way more penalties than are are going to be tolerable in the first game because there's way more penalties in every game in the NFL. So, um, yeah, barring any kind of unusual pacing issue, I'd like to think that the Eagles are are going to run up. I just it's just my gut, just my gut feeling. All right. Well, I I don't think we're lacking any pacing issues because. We're going to move to Chuck's penalty box. Gene said penalties like five times in his response there. I was just waiting. Like, but you, you went questioning pacing. my transitions. Well, apparently like we're being very self-critical on this show. Um, <laughs> and you were worried about giving up your penalty box earlier. So Dave, I uh, will start with you. Who is in your penalty box this evening? Okay, I'm going to target um, – well, so Je- I'm going to put – all right, we're going to talk about Jessica Town's tweet. Um, but I'm re- what, who I'm putting in the penalty box is um, sort of self-righteous fans, self-righteous baseball fans, because her tweet is, I don't care – and she's uh, at, at Run This Town 13 – I don't care how frustrating it gets. You're fake as hell if you don't support your team till the end. The teams in the city have my heart endlessly, and I will ride and die for my squads. If you don't respect that, you then you could take two of these, which is the middle fingers, and stay out of my mentions. So, look, you can be a fan and say, you know what? I'm done. I, I'm not. I'm not going to any more games this year. I'm going to choose to um, spend quality time with my children instead of watching the Phillies right now uh, because I've been really frustrated and disgusted with this product. It doesn't make you not a Phillies fan. It doesn't make you not a Philadelphia fan, and it's okay. You're definitely still rooting for them to win. You're not actively rooting for them to lose, but I think – over the course of the season, everyone gets to that point where they just throw their hands up with a frustration and they say, I'm done. And you know what happens the next week you're back watching the game anyway. So, you know, I don't need all the self-righteousness like uh, Twitter posturing uh, to, you know, puff your chest out and prove you're a bigger fan than everybody else. Um, you know, because you can tolerate watching Gabe Kapler uh, for 162 games uh, a, a year. And for that, uh, I'm putting self-righteous, uh, Philadelphia baseball fans in the penalty box. Okay, self-righteous Philadelphia baseball fans. You are not better than us just because you're more optimistic. You're getting two of these. Two for one middle finger and two for the other middle finger. That's a double minor. And when you say stay out of my mentions, that's just an invitation. Gene, who is in your penalty box this evening? I'm going to take you to uh, Chuck's favorite sport of hockey. And uh, Taryn Hatchin had had a story earlier in the week where she talked about uh, she had a conversation with uh, Niskanen. This is, uh, I I believe, uh, Chuck, is he still playing for the Capitals or has he moved on? He's going to play for the Flyers. Oh, he's playing for the Flyers now, right? He's the new defenseman. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. 
I, I don't know where his heart lies, but I mean... <laughs> showing my ignorance. Um, anyway, so Taron Hatcher's talking to Niskanen, obviously after Flyers practice because he's a flyer now. Um, and uh, he says she asked him about what it was like to play with uh, some of the big stars in, in Washington. And he said that one time he was coming off the ice during a game and uh, he grabbed the wrong uh, water bottle and uh, took a big swig <laughs> and then immediately spit it out because it was Coca-Cola <laughs> on the bench uh, in the middle of an yeah. NHL game. So he, he looks down at the bottle and it's Ovechkin's. So... Ovechkin, I feel like you got to go into the penalty box because, really, you're drinking carbonated Coca-Cola during an NHL game? That, that's gross, man. Like that's, ah, oh, God, that's that. I just, I don't get that, and it's, it's, it seems nasty to me. So, uh, Ovechkin, you should like have to sit for two minutes and think about that. All right, the great eight is going into the penalty box for his Coca-Cola consumption um, from one diabetic <laughs> to a future diabetic in Ovechkin. Watch your blood sugars, man. Take care of yourself. That is a two-minute minor, and uh, you know, talk to your doctor. Chuck, who is in your penalty box? All right, and if people ever wanted me to get hyper-local, uh, okay. Now is the time because this one is going to be for all the people of the greater Narstown area. Um, this was nearly a penalty box about two weeks ago when um, famed broadcaster Jack Whitaker uh, passed away. And uh, he was a legendary sportscaster and a World War II veteran. Also uh, lived his life in Philadelphia. And there was another great broadcaster here uh, by the name of John Facenda. Uh, if you don't know the name, you certainly know the call of the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field and all those great early NFL film moments. Both of them live in the Philadelphia area. And there is a bowling alley around the corner from me named Facenda Whitaker. The presumption is that they opened it. I can't find any <laughs> fucking documentation of this anywhere. So what you have is a bowling alley with a really weird name that most likely was like co-owned by two Hall of Fame broadcasters, but there's no documentation. It's not on their website. It was never promoted. I've been to this bowling alley and the adjacent bar, which we're going to get to many <laughs> a time in my life. And it is a fixture of the Narstown, East Narton, Bluebell area. And it never took advantage of this great legacy. And that's, that's worth a penalty in and of itself. And they will be assessed one. Now, today, uh, as I was running out to get beer because it's Labor Day and that's what you do, I saw that they are changing the name to Facenda Whitaker. Now, this bowling alley has probably been around for about 50 years, maybe more. Again, information is really hard to find. Um, and they're changing the name to Our Town Lanes. So, A, not even the best Thornton Wilder play. But B, incredibly generic, and they're changing the name of Steppies. And if you don't know Steppies, well, you didn't read about the meth, you know, trafficking bust, and you've never been, you know, insulted by the uh, Narstown area bartender who was eventually fired. They changed the name from Steppies to Twenty Nine Twelve Eatery and Bar. My favorite which... thing about Steppies was that if you if you if you spent, I guess, ten dollars at Steppies, you would get like a free game. Oh, wait, was that true? 
Yeah, I think that was true. It got it got advertised on 97.5 like four months, so it better have been true because if I'd ever been there, I would have required them to pay up on the if I spent the required amount getting my free bowling lane. Okay, well, Steppies was kind of shady because I spent a ton of money there over the years, and I never found that out. And there was meth being dealt out of the place, and you know, many people got fired. But whatever. But they've changed the name to something very generic. So for Facenda Whitaker Lanes, you you had a legacy. You didn't take advantage of it. You had a sports bar. You didn't mention the sports broadcasters. And now you are the most generic crap around. You are getting a 10-minute game misconduct. You have let the area down. So, Chuck, where are you going to bowl now? I never bowled there. I just went there to drink. <laughs> Probably there. Also, what is your favorite Thornton Wilder play if it's not our town? Uh, skin of her teeth. Mm, fair enough. Uh, okay, uh, that's all the time we have this week, everybody. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our show on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Um, also, please uh, feel free to check out the Whip Around our sister podcast uh, for all your uh, weird news of the week. Um, and we'll be back next Monday to give our thoughts on the Eagles game. So uh, have a great short week at work, everybody. We are out of here. <laughs>